Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to the official podcast of jaysjournal.com, Jay Bird Watching. I am your host, Craig Boren, with co-hosts Ken Alfred, Jason Lyons. Fellas, how are we doing this evening? Doing all right. Still trying to dig uh, dig out from all the snow that we just happened to get hit with. We got about 25 centimeters here in Ajax, Ontario. But I, it's funny, and I'll make this point really quick, is that I was reading a lot of news, and they're saying this is a record-breaking storm. But they totally forgot January 2022 when we got 60 centimeters of snow. So anything less than 60 centimeters is not record breaking. It's just or that whole fact that Buffalo, New York, isn't that far from you. That's that is true. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jason, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, I you know, if I was any better, I'd be twins. Um, You know, I I I was making hat choices today and I wasn't sure what to wear based on, you know, uh, successes over the weekend. And I don't like to toot my own horn, but toot toot. so big weekend for the Niners, um, which was awesome. Uh, and my kids are starting their hockey playoffs over the next sort of week, week and a half. So tons of fun and mayhem around the house. And uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. That sounds about par for the course, my friend. Everybody will notice we have a fourth guest here with us this evening. And then we have our friend Evan from Jay's Journal. Evan, how are we doing? Fantastic. Uh, happy to be here. Just talking shop with the guys. Yeah. Love it. It- well, it won't be as quite as hectic the last time you were on the show. And I yeah. recommend for any Blue Jays fans that want to dive into our funness. And I guess I should probably just be that guy that posted it all over again during the last year's lockout. Evan was one of the Jays Journal writers that joined us and had the guest that Blue Jay night when we went writers versus podcasters. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That was a pretty close matchup, Evan. Oh, yeah. Squeak that out by point one points in the tiebreaker or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. It was a, squeak. Yeah. Squeaked one in at the end of there. So that was a fun evening and a good show that everybody can come back and tune into. So there was no news because guess what? Lockdowns suck. So at least we don't have to deal with that this offseason. So anyways, we are going to talk a many of one Toronto Blue Jays related topics this evening. And first things first, I think we got to talk the, the main rumor of the hour. It actually even sounds like it might be imminent or there might be a trade in place with just not the final particulars and actual signing on the dotted line is that there, the rumor is that Scott Barlow of the Kansas city Royals has been traded or will be traded for Kevin Biggio. Evan, you're the guest on the show this evening. How, you get to go first. How are you thinking yeah. on that? Well, I mean, I've been a Biggio defender for a while, um, but you look at the depth on this team position by position. It's really hard to see where, not having Kevin Biggio there really hurts them. Uh, I mean, you look at the positions Kevin can play, at least competently, between second, first, third, and corner outfield, the Blue Jays have done a good job at going out and getting guys to fill those spots and making sure that there's a second and third option behind who they're going to be throwing out there day by day. Um, so losing Kevin in that sense, um, Potentially, right? I mean, nothing's for sure yet, but nothing's happened in that sense. I don't really think it hurts them that much because they're covered there. Um, And getting a guy like Barlow, I mean, we want to talk about guys they've been missing, um, swing and miss guys out of the bullpen. I I wouldn't say he's the biggest swing and miss guy available, but just given what he's done, the consistency over the last couple of years, it's hard to really complain about uh, a potential arm like that in the pen, right? So I, uh, I think there's definitely a pretty good fit there. Um, KC rebuilding team. I think they could use a guy. Uh, you know, Bishop's not a rookie anymore, but he's certainly still on the younger side. Can play a variety of positions and put up competent at bats when he's healthy. Um, 
I think there's definitely a fit there. I, I'd love to see Barlow in a Jays uniform at some point. Just um, I think that trade's equal I, in terms of value. Um, that'd be something I would love to see happen. There's a rumor there might be a couple throw-in minor league guys to balance out the fact that uh, salary Barlow's making a little bit more than or less yeah. than Biggio is or something like that. So, but it was your know, wild card level players are being mentioned. Um, Jason, uh, yeah. what are you thinking? Well, I, if this one, this one is a, again, I think it's a good deal. Um, you know, uh, I'm on the opposite side where I haven't been the hugest Biggio fan. Uh, I've always liked him. I've always liked him around the team and sort of what he was doing as a, you know, as a human being, but I never really, really loved him on the ball field. Um, you know, and, and I'd like to see him go somewhere where he can play. Um, you know, he had a very undefined role for the last couple of years of the Jays. And I think coming out of training camp, that was something that was going to be essential for him was to have some sort of definition to you're going to play left. You're going to play right. You're going to play two. You're going to play wherever. And so, you know, that's good for him. You know, Barlow is six three two ten, Um, so he's not a little dude. Um, he had a good year last year. Um, you know, he's got a good ERA. He's a he's a good um he's a good strike throwing pitcher, throws hard. Um, so I think he's a good I you know, if that is a done deal, then I think that's a, that's a good deal for the Jays. And um he fits into a number of different boxes that I think we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Having that one extra bullpen arm is going to greatly help this team. And Ken, I'm looking at his projections as we like to have fun with on this show. <laughs> if he stays in Kansas City, they were you know projecting him at a 2.96 ERA and get it in the 70 innings out of the bullpen. Hmm. That's a and that's a lot of innings for a guy to be eating up out of the bullpen. And keeping a sub three ERA is pretty impressive. And he was where did I lost it? He was very sub three. He was 2.18 last season in the, about the same amount of innings. So it's pretty impressive to be able to get somebody like that for a piece that we would love to keep, but we really don't have a home for. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I think he's going to bring some added depth to the bullpen. Like you said, gives Romero as well a chance to take a break every so often because it seems like he's he's saving a lot. Like I think the last couple of seasons, he's, he's nailing a lot of save 16, 24. I'm like, wow, that's really good. So if Ferrer's off his game or something like that, we have another potential closer to it. So I think that's going to help. And like I said before, I've always, like uh, like like, Eric, like Evan was saying, I've always been a, a BGO guy in terms of I just want him to do well. And maybe just this is not the place for him to be as well as he think as, as maybe we think he can actually be. So maybe this change of scenery, if it happens, will probably be beneficial for him. And did we just uh, avoid arbitration with him last week or something like that as well? Yep. So it's a guaranteed rate with him for the Kansas City Royals, which helps their financials too. Now they don't have to worry about, you know, it's a locked in known amount of money for the season. Okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the flip side of that, I just was curious about Barlow's current contract. We would actually be getting two years out of him. So you're trading years for years. Right now, obviously, Barlow being more on the, I've been doing really well and been playing really well, where Biggio hasn't had that same level of success, but we have the talent level to be able to do that he's a little cheaper yeah yeah and he you know and like you said ken he i feel like he's been thrown into a variety of different situations for casey like not just middle relief not just you know closing not just this he i actually feel like he might have even started a game or two mixed in there when they needed it right <laughs> um but you know kansas city is is going full rebuild um they're they're you know like if their big signing is uh, is Chapman, then you know yeah. <laughs> you know where that team's headed. Um, yeah. So they're it's, hoping to tr they're then to that point. That's what they're exactly doing with Adralis Chapman. Yeah. They're hoping he comes out of nowhere and finds it all over again, throws 100 miles an hour actually over the plate, <laughs> and then he can trade him at the trade deadline. Somebody needs a reliever. And I doubt it, but oh well. <laughs> yeah. The Blue Jays know that story pretty well. We bet we get there was a few years we did that pretty efficiently there. <laughs> so yeah. I'd like to say mention. Uh, there's a lot of players on the Royals that would fit the Jays outside of Barlow. I think one yes. name is that I've seen floating around on Twitter is Edward Oliveras, mm -hmm. former Jays prospect, if I'm correct. You are. I saw him in Lansing a few times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tore up lefties. And all of a sudden, I mean, uh, people who hit lefties is now a, uh, a target for the Jays. Just given their yeah. newfound outfield depth, uh, you look at their projected outfield starters, both uh, two of them hit left-handed. So adding – um, a right-handed hitting outfielder with speed and the ability to hit left-handers, I think, is something that is still on their radar. Um, 
I would have loved to see Andrew McCutcheon in a Jays uniform, but I mean, how can you complain about him going back to Pittsburgh, right? That's, oh. that's awesome. Um, Robbie Grossman's another name to look out for. Um, just given the fit, he can play all three outfield positions at least decently and yep. hit left-handed pitching really well. Um, but if the Jays are going to put together a package center out Biggio for Barlow and maybe Oliveras, that would definitely take a lot more from the Jays. Uh, the J side of things, but I think they have those low-level prospects that seem uh, the fillers there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, the Royals would love to see guys like that. So I think the potential for a deal uh, is there involving multiple players, not just the two. Um, so yeah, and I, to that point, this is obviously a team that we know talked at the trade deadline last year. So yes. we got with Merrifield. So maybe there were some other guys in the system that they were like, hey, you know what? These guys would look good in a Royals uniform for the next three, four seasons. So it's that not the full-on major league ready guys out of our minor league system. So there's maybe that next next level down. Or to your point, um, Evan, maybe it's something. This is a Ralvis Martinez and Biggio when you get what you just said. Yeah, high upside prospect with Biggio, and you get two major league ready guys to put on this roster. They did just dump Mondesi too, and I mean if you look at the prospect the pro- to Boston. So he's probably going to end up being a pain in the ass. But yes. you look at um, their infield depth in terms of younger players for the Royals. You got Witt, uh, you got Lopez, you got Pasquantino, but there's yep. one more spot on that infield that they're probably looking to fill for the future. And who knows, maybe someone like Aralvis could be that guy for him. It would be very beneficial, I think, for them to be curious about him because there's a couple of guys down the ways that might be also good for the Blue Jays that we don't need right now. Unless, yeah. obviously, they talk about you know, some of the other fun that every other Blue Jays rumor seems to be about is Boba Shet, which I don't get, but it is what it is. Exactly. So before we dive, in, dive into the main topics here and whatnot, is there anybody, anything that they've found and digging into Scott Bar- Barlow that they would be curious to talk about? No? I just know that he's a mean mugging. Have you ever watched him yeah. walk, <laughs> yeah. walk the guy? Like, as the guy walks up to hit, he's got that same goose gossage where he's just staring a hole in the back of your head. The, like, he watches you from the dugout right up to the right up to the box. So I, I like a guy like that. I like a guy who's big and intimidating and, and you know, he's got the yeah. hair flying and, and <laughs> solid. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Blue Jays fans probably haven't seen that intensity since PJ Ryan or uh, John Rosh. <laughs> He's no, he's no Randy Johnson, but still, right? So, yeah, there you go. You only be so intense. Yeah. Well, how, you know. how tall was Randy Johnson? What six ten or something? He was tall. He was really tall, right? Yeah. He, he was a big boy. Yeah. 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 So just to be this, because I don't know if anybody knows this, there's more than one reasons, obviously, that Randy Johnson is one of the most intimidating figures in baseball history on the mound. But obviously, everybody knows the fact that he basically killed a seagull with a pitch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is not fair to that seagull. <laughs> He turned that seagull into a dove, into a comforter. It, yeah, it looked like a pillow exploded, like yeah. just down. Honestly. So anyways, this is how savage Randy Johnson is. I don't know if you guys know what his post-baseball career is, but I'm I'm happy to pop the quiz question here. He is a photographer professionally, and he is most of his photography is around being the guy that's on the baseball diamond, mostly in Arizona and all the other places he played. And does anybody want to take a wild guess what the logo for his photo is? For his photo businesses, don't tell me it's that bird. The baseball, it's a dead bird. Oh my god! Now it's legs up, cross-eyed. (laughs) Savage. (laughs) So just saying, you can you can only be so intimidating. But anybody baseball fans, that's look at look that logo up for Randy Johnson photos because that stuff's hilarious. (laughs) So (laughs) moving along, we got some other. You know, six degrees from Blue Jays news here as former Toronto Blue Jay Scott Rockin and Roland boys is heading to the Hoff. So congratulations to Scott Roland is for his, you know, more or less year and a half of being a Toronto Blue Jay. But we'll take point, it. We'll take it. <laughs> those were the teams that were supposed to play well. And Scott Roland was a nice little cherry on the cake there. And uh, guys, those couple of years didn't pan out, but I'm glad that his career panned out the way it did because he was a very fun baseball player to watch. Yeah. So I, I read, I read a little bit today about, uh, uh, you know, when he was in high school and he was sort of moving around from position to position, to position, position. And I think this speaks, you know, like if there's anybody out there who's got kids in little league or anything like that, and you've got kids playing set positions at 11 and 12 years old, give, give it a rest. Like these kids should be trying every single part of the diamond. 
I mean, Roland said he didn't play third base until his very last year. And then they were like, well, you're stuck here because the best players play in short. So yes, he <laughs> said from that point on, his whole career accelerated at a rate that he couldn't even, you know, he went through high school like a rocket. He went into college, got drafted, went into the majors. I mean, seven-time All-Star, Golden Glove, <laughs> um, you know, career 281, um, over 2,000 hits. I mean, yeah. you know, it's some guys don't make a bit, don't make big waves. Like they're not making cannonballs. They're making, you know, they just got their feet kicking in the water. And Roland was one of those guys, but he played so well. Like, I mean, he was so solid. Yeah. Um, at third base. Yeah. There's, you know, you, know, you win eight gold gloves, you know, you're doing something right. I think they only mentioned there's only two major league baseball players in all of history that had more gold gloves at third base. And one was Brooks Robinson, and I'm blanking on the, th- the other. <laughs> so, but either way, that's nuts. And to that fact that, Everybody was dancing on the line. Is he a Hall of Famer? Should he be making it? Da, da, da. To your point, Jason, he ran through the minor leagues in three years, was the rookie of the year after that brief little, hey, how you doing in the minor leagues to be in professional baseball? Yeah, he didn't hit more than three home, but he hit 300 home runs and had a ton of RBIs and a great batting average. But his defensive stuff was one of the best things that you could ever see in Major League Baseball. And he had great offense and was the main piece to those teams that he won a championship with. So, Scott, did we get? Did we trade him or what? What happened to like? Why? Why is he? He was only there with us for like a year and a half. He said. Basically, he did really well, and we traded him. And I'm trying to remember who we traded him for. So, if that gives you any good ramification level on who the hell we traded him for, well, it was Edwin. But Edwin was the throw-in piece. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> It was a couple of guys that never panned out outside of that. I'm not looking up. So we the only other guy to have uh, you mentioned Brooks Robinson, Mike Schmidt also had more goals. That's who it was. It was Schmidt. Yeah. <laughs> Two Philly Hall of Famers. So I mean, I think I think no, Rowan isn't quite the same level as those guys. These guys are legends of the franchise, but Rowan uh, very deserved Hall of Fame nomination. Very, very much uh, so, for sure. Yeah, and he went in with another former Jay. He's going in with Fred McGriff, right? Correct. Right. Yes. Oh. Very, very, also very cool. Yeah. Somebody that was also in that same ballpark of being looked over on that ballot for a long, long, long time. And it, it still amazes me that McGriff never got in on any of his actual ballots. They had to get veteran committee in. But to that point, both of these guys well deserved. So, yeah. Very right. And there was lots to that of. Point, uh... Lots of uh, surprises on the people that didn't make it. Well, I don't know about surprises, but I mean, there's certainly a lot of guys that are knocking on the door that in the next couple of years are going to have to make it in. You have to think they will. Um, how many inductees do they take a year? Is there a set number or can it be as many as they want? It can be as many as zero or however many happen to get over 75% of the votes. Okay. I feel like so. there might be five or six next year. Like, I mean, really like Helton gets in for sure next year. You have to think that, um, You've got Bobby Wagner. You got Andrew Jones, who guy loved Andrew Jones when he played. Um, Beltrand and Aroid. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's Aroid. tarnished. <laughs> I don't know if he's tarnished to the point where I don't think he is. So, just to be this person, just to, to pl- let my Arod antiism fly here, just as much as my Kiermaierisms. <laughs> Not only was he a cheater. He was a horrible human being too. So I'm sitting here going that. And if you look at the clauses on what makes it for, you know, if this is something that they tell all the major league baseball writers that actually vote for the baseball hall of fame, it's not what you did on the field. It's what you did for baseball. Those two things. I don't see how he helps on any of those other than the fact that he's in the record books for probably all the wrong reasons. And yes. places. Yeah. So, and unlike Barry Bonds, I don't, you know, you can't base his hall of fame career on only his Seattle Mariners stint. Because he admitted full on to taking steroids as soon as he got that giant contract from the Texas Rangers. Yep. So, just saying. <laughs> he was the last on my list. Yes. <laughs> but all things aside, <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, but that's a whole other argument for another day. So, let's get to the main topics for the actual evening here because we're already 20 minutes in almost. The Toronto Blue Jays have been hinting and dancing on the we're going to extend people. And the what first part of this whole thing I want to talk about is Vladdy has been very vocal lately all of a sudden, but in all the good ways, nothing bad. But the fact that he's more or less just I'm best shape of my life candidate right now at the age of 23, 24, which is saying something because he's that confident coming into the spring 
and he just got paid from his arbitration hearing. But the rumor is that he, there's some extensions coming around here. Let's talk Vladdy first. Have you guys seen what is going on with Vladdy and how the swagger is clearly amped up a notch from where it was last season? This looks like a previous season ago when he was fighting Shoei for the MVP level of confidence. No, I haven't really heard too much about it until you guys mentioned it. So you said he's like vicious. He lo- he's looking like a tank. Is that basically it? Or what, what are you talking about? There was a couple pictures I saw that he's even like, it, it's, this isn't three, four years ago. Yeah, this is like you said, Ken, to the, he's looking like a tank. He could, yes. be, he could be 25 pounds light right now. And he's really he's turned it all into muscle. I mean, he's, they showed that picture of them standing with like their, the, he just sort of had like a t-shirt on when they were at the, the Rogers Center doing the the things for the the opening, oh, like, and he, I mean he's 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 big, and he's got the thing that that looks that I look at, you know, maybe a little differently than than, and I do think he's ready to rip this year. I feel like he he feels like last year was a miss, and he wants to be in that discussion with with Shohei, and he wants to be in that discussion with Trout, and every single year, and so. He's got that coy smile on his face that was missing last year. Um, and that's when fun Vladdy is playing baseball, then watch out. If it's yeah. not so fun Vla- Vla- Vladdy, then, I mean, you're fine. You, you'll, you'll, you'll strike him out three times in the game. But fl- fun Vladdy's not getting struck out. Fun Vladdy's putting one in the stands. And yeah. so, I mean, it's, I feel like, you know, I've been reading, as, you know, when you sent it out the other day, I, I did a little bit of reading about, you know, what he's been doing in the DR and who he's been working out with and, sort of what they're saying about him and i think that's more telltale like like you know guys uh, major leaguers saying watch out for him this year like you know he's been hitting it and he's been clanging and banging all summer long and he's been playing more baseball than he's ever played and you know it's he looks like he is on the precipice of possibly having one of the best seasons for anybody um in a jay's uniform he's he looks like an animal Wow, I'm very excited! Just very excited to see this, and let's hope it translates into the performance because uh, it's all about not like not about looking good. It's not about the show. It's all about can he go right? And we all agree he probably can go. Uh, I'm just kind of curious to see with this extra with this extra weight, is he going to be stealing more bases this year? Is he going to be trying to stretch out some triples this year? That's what I'm kind of curious so. at. I think I hope so. With with the guy who's supposed to be touted as the face of the franchise, I think this behavior and this. Um, not necessarily uh, showboating, but proud of the work he's putting in. That's expected, right? Yeah. Um, this is something, especially for a guy who's more quiet. Um, you know, he's all, he's usually talking to a translator. He wants to make sure that what he's saying is translated properly. Everyone's hearing him correctly, right? I think, you know, Vlad really takes his persona seriously. And mm-hmm. for a guy who's so young, um, that's a big deal. And to see him backing up his words even more so in the offseason, that's going to be huge. This is a big season for Vlad. Um, if they don't walk, if the, if the Blue Jays don't walk away three years down the road without an extension, I think that's a massive miss because this is a guy who has a chance, realistically, to be a top three player in franchise history. He started when he was 20, 20 years old, 21 years old. And, you know, he can just go and go and go. And he's putting up all star caliber numbers year after year. He's going to. Um, and he's got to prime himself every year for yeah. a big one because he's going to be, and he just got the first taste of, um, real playoff defeat. Um, yeah. I had the misfortune of being at that game. It was, oh, sorry. It was brutal. Like it was, it was unbelievable. Um, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in there mm-hmm. and you know, you really wanted to carry these feelings and everything in the off season. And I mean, you gotta, you gotta think that that's, uh, that's been the case. Because that, to your point, that was the first home game the Blue Jays legitimately had in this tenure of what has been playoffs runs for the last few years. But the last playoff pos- position that they lost in was while they were in Tampa, and that was during the COVID years when they were playing in Buffalo. Yeah. So there was no playoff games in in the Rogers Center at all. So that was the first, re- like you said, real taste to it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is going too far with the swagger or not, but did you see what he said about the Yankees? Yeah, um, <laughs> the key word was the Yankees are the easiest team to face. Yeah, how can they get worked up over what Vlad's saying to to a, a nine year old kid? I mean, people are going to draw their own conclusions. 
<laughs> what do you want? I can tell you right now, being the person that lives here in New York, all the Yankee fans here in town are butthurt about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Honestly, now who's afraid? Right. You know, they're all like, oh, well, we owe you guys. No, if you look last season, we want you. It's just <laughs> the record against the Yankees last year was very good. And it's been the last few years. Yeah. So the fact that they're getting all, I, to me, them being so defensive about it, and I'm looking at, funny enough, the uh, Yankee Avenue Twitter account I was scrolling through on Twitter, and sure enough, it says, "Is are you serious? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. And they're showing all these, the, like, two clips where the Blue Jays, uh, you know, lost to them, not the Alec Manoa going, come on, pass the Audi sign, or <laughs> yeah. that stuff. It's just silly level. But uh-huh. I, I love that he's got that swag back because i really think that to your point uh jason he's having fun on the baseball field this is the kind of stuff that goes right this is just the beginning of it so so let's now that we've talked about vladdy possibly being vicious and living up to the nickname i've been trying to get started for like four years <laughs> this is vladdy vicious, vladdy vicious. <laughs> um to me it was like the, the big hurt got his nickname from an announcer going Oh wow, he really put a big hurt on that ball when he destroyed a home run, right? And I'm like, I'm just thinking, no, that was vicious. You hurt that ball, man. <laughs> so, Hit the ball like it owed him money, pretty much. That's what it is, uh, right? Pretty much. Broke its legs completely in half. So extensions. We already saw Vladdy got a good pay for this season. But in the midst of that whole thing, there's other teams or other players, I mean, that are very crucial to the Blue Jays core that they've got some of these other pieces locked up. They got the Chris Bassett. They have Jose uh, Barrios. They have uh, Kevin Gosman. <laughs> you, you got all these pieces that you got to keep together because otherwise this is just going to be rather expensive with all these arbitration hearings from year to year. Possible feelings are going to get hurt as we're seeing with Boba Bichette. How does that translate going forward? They're already over the luxury tax. Do you just keep going but <laughs> there's all these pieces that are moving to that whole thing evan do you think vladdy is the quote-unquote one we've talked to regardless of what he said during some of these interviews or do you think there's somebody else that the blue jays are currently targeting you mean in terms of an extension correct sir um i hope it's vlad <laughs> um <laughs> i think just you can break down all the data you want um to have a player that consistently puts um, as much good contact on baseballs as you want, um, regardless of the launch angles. I mean, you see what you see what he can do in a good season when he does get that launch angle up um, in 2021 and, and everything, given the age, um, given his apparent love for the city, love for the team, um, love for the core and him being a homegrown star. I hope it's him. The only other person you can really talk about is Bo Bichette. Um, and if you're asking me based on consistencies and, based on, you know, the brand that the player themselves give out. Um, I would think it's flat. Now, am I against a bow extension? Not at all. But, I mean, in a perfect world, you just get both of them. You got to expect, if anything, they're just going to get one. And I think it'd be flat. Yeah. Can I throw another wrinkle in? Yeah. <laughs> Alec Manoa. That's another guy. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. You take everything Vlad loves about Toronto and you throw it on Manoa times like 10. I mean, that guy, yeah. um, he, he, personality wise, every he bleeds blue at this point. Yeah. yeah he, exactly. he might be as close as the Blue Jays get to a, to- a, to- a Tommy Lasorda or something. You know what I mean? If yeah. you keep him in Toronto, that's going to be the guy that bleeds Blue Jay blue the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah. So, Jason, go for it. You were all I, over that a minute ago. I, I, well, sorry I scoped you. No, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at this quite a bit this afternoon, and it's one of those things where I, I certainly think Vladdy's a target. And and that's what they should be doing. I think they should be locking Vladdy up. And honestly, I don't care if they lock him up forever. I mean, he's he, he and Manoa are the two guys that I think you could give the biggest distance to you want them there. You want them to remain the face of the franchise. You know, like I was trying to think about guys in the majors who've stuck with their teams as long as they have, and just the legacy that they're able to create. You know, uh, uh, you know, it's 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 amazing what some of those guys have done. Um, so you don't want to give up on either of those. And then Manoa came up, and you know, you start to look. They're both probably going to be making somewhere around the same amount of money. You know, annually. It's probably going to be in that sort of 27 to 
$30 million range, I would think, based on what we're seeing out there. Um, Especially when you look at the Fernando Tatises, you look at the yeah, Raul yeah. Acuna's, you look at Julio, <laughs> yeah. all of them. He's in that category of crazy I mean, good talent. Bo, to me, it is, and it's interesting because when I was looking at this, uh, a friend of mine brought up the fact that Randall Gritchick went through um, uh, uh, arbitration a number of times and seemed happy with it. He got deals that he was okay with. And the Jays ended up keeping him for another couple of years and, and trading him, you know, and, and it was a good deal all the way around. Gritchick never seemed to have any kind of grudge with the Jays. He always seemed to play well. Um, I liked him. You know, he was a good, he was a good serviceable outfielder that started hitting the ball really hard. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's, there, it may be not as much to Bo, um, but, you know, I would like to see Bo locked up. And then, I, of course, you've got, you know, Kirk and you've got um, Varsho. Um, you know, those are guys that you're going to need to lock up too, depending on how, and you know, like how deep the coffers are and how far you want to go over the, over the luxury tax and, you know, just start getting into Yankeeville. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, we've got a lot of big numbers to throw up there. And so, I mean, obviously for me, it's Vladdy, 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 uh, and then Manoa too. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting, Jason, you brought up the, uh, extension with Randall Gretchick because this team um and this is from uh Charles uh Kime that uh Jay's journal that was able to submit this article actually funny enough today when we were talking about all this on jaysjournal.com Randall Gretchick and Jose Barrios were the only extensions that the new current management has actually implemented true story just saying that but one of those went so well <laughs> and Randall Gritchick. We haven't seen anything where I think that Jose Barrios is a forget last season and move on with it. I would really be shocked to see something that horribly catastrophic ever again. And to your point, you have sure thing extensions, I think, basically with what you mentioned in Vlad and uh, Manoa. But you do have the Dalton Bar show that just signed here. Who's going to look like a monster? I don't think they're talking Bar show extension this offseason, though, because I want to see how he performs in Toronto, especially with another fence topic we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. <laughs> but they, Kirk is an interesting one. And to that point, even a lesser extent. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Maybe in the ballpark or at least cheap extension candidate would be Danny Jansen. I thought it was very ironic looking through. They were talking about the best catchers in baseball the other night on the MLB network. Guess who was number three and seven? Kirk and, <laughs> Kirk and, Kirk and, Kirk and Jansen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> wow. just what you were just saying, though, uh, Craig, I, I, I actually marked this down. I took notes. Um, I marked. <laughs> Look at you all professional. I know. I know. So, um, <laughs> 
they were just talking about Jose Brios, and I guess he's been in Puerto Rico all break. Um, he's playing in the World Baseball Classic for Puerto Rico, and he's down as one of their starters. And the the thing piece that I was reading was saying that they haven't seen him like this previous. Like he was a good. I think he's angry. Really do it. I think he just wants to. Yeah, he's 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 season. throwing it through guys' gloves and like you know like like the break on his ball. It, it, they're just they were like he looks like a new human being. He's in better shape, good. throwing the ball harder. Um, so I mean you know if he can come out firing this year, um, it, it, yeah, I'd be very interested. You mentioned and he was the, training in Puerto Rico. They actually had reports that he spent a good month or so around Christmas in the Blue Jays uh, training facility in Dunedin. So yeah, yeah, there, there's. He's he's hungry. He wants the season to start, so it's interesting. And I mean, it looked like you had something on your mind. You're next. <laughs> I was just um, talking about the Julio Rodriguez thing, and I think about the Rafael Devers extension, um, yeah. the Fernando Tatis extension, the extension that I'm expecting Soto to get with the Padres. Yeah. Why can't that happen to Toronto? I mean, you talk about it all the time. There's no reason. Um, how big of a market it is, um, how much money Rodgers has. It's It would be unbelievable to let a generational talent like that slip through um, to the point where you have to expect an extension with at least one of them. Um, and it just gets to a point where why can't that happen to the Blue Jays? Like there's just no reason why um, all of these teams um, in lesser markets, more or less are able to extend these um, like generational talents. And I, I just think that that's got to happen to at least one of to to at least one of these guys. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to repost this video that you posted on our chat here, Jason, because this is Vicious Laddie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Put it, put it oh, on. Yeah, you guys. Uh, wait till you no, see no, I, I, I got to be this guy, I guess. Huh? So oh, yeah. keep talking as far as um, extensions go while I try to make my computer cooperate here with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I also I think it's interesting when you bring up bring up the Kirk factor because he needs to be extended as well. I mean, he strikes me as the kind of guy that might give the Jays a break for one year. Depend. I mean, they gave him a chance. They've stuck with him. They've really, you know, they've really made him him feel like like the A one catcher rather than being, you know, the. And now he's showing better than Jansen. So I mean, I feel like if there was anybody that was going to get maybe a give a little bit of a hometown break, then I think that would be Kirk. But again, you know, I think the hope is, is that, uh, and I kind of got this feeling from the discussion. Good lord. With with oh, uh, God, jeez, Louise, I can't even talk. That thing hasn't even yeah. landed yet. There's a oh, house out there. <laughs> He's like, where's it go? Yeah. <laughs> For the listeners that are listening on the audio, we are watching like Vladdy hit a ball right now. He's doing some batting <laughs> practice. Where is he? Where where was this video taken? The DR is actually the Vlad Guerrero. Uh, I think it's a public training facility that they got down there. So anybody cool. who's listening on audio and can't see this. Go to we'll put it in put it up on all our notes or something up like on that. everything yeah. right because this thing is it's amazing look at him he's like <laughs> go back further go back further um so I, it's, it's it's amazing to see and again like this is oh, the, there's a guy out there I didn't even see that there's a guy out yeah yeah um the guy out really there the fence that's trying to shag fly balls from black <laughs> I also short kind of, fence either <laughs> you know I also kind of think of the Jay still running back lost him in the wilderness. Yeah, <laughs> the Jays need to start taking care of advantage of this marketing wise too. Like there should be something already out there where Vladdy's breaking the glass in some of the new areas, and they're like, you know, they can have people up there doing the repairs or something funny like that, or a guy taking one in his cup at the at the park, or you know, it's too yeah. bad I'm not in marketing for the Blue Jays. <laughs> I know, right? It's too bad. And to that point too, you I don't know if you guys will remember this commercial, but because it was way back in the day and whatnot, but there was a as we, you know, the, I'm going to let the video loop here one more time for the fans uh, that are watching on the live stream. But there used to be an old video of uh, it was Roy Holiday walking on the beach and it was close to being baseball season kind of thing. He picks up a pebble and just kind of like flicks it to skip the rock and it sinks a boat out on the freaking uh, yeah. lake. <laughs> That's what you could be too. And to your point, Jason, to be yeah. a marketing person, just watch yeah. him just, you know, take out buildings and watch it like fall or something or <laughs> whatever it might be. But our, no, what a perfect way here. filling on your rule. You're uh, way. They, they want to unveil the new uh, renovations being done online or anything like that have vladdy hitting home runs off of all the old stuff and watch it like you know fall into rubble and show all the new stuff yeah uh, that'd be awesome. sure you could do it, sure yeah. you could do it. <laughs> be awesome 
there you go. So, anyways, so I agree with you that Vladdy's probably your shoe in in the midst of everything here to get that extension, but there is some enough flavor and everything that you could fill this team out pretty well with some of those other options. And then, like you said, Jason, kind or I mean, Evan, I think you were the one that said that you could kind of pepper in Manoa and Vladdy over the next few years is you're already paying them. Well, you're paying Vladdy pretty well. Yeah, you're not really saying <laughs> Manoa is going to get paid this coming off season. Very. Yeah. Well. He's, he's going to get paid coming up on um, they're getting away with, I mean, very low in terms Steel. of how major league baseball players get paid for Manoa right now, but that's going to go up in the next couple of years. And yeah, I mean, Vlad's Vlad's uh, contract extensions are only going to go up, right? I mean, you could see him getting like 25 mil before hitting free agency soon, right? That's just how the market's going. Yep. And to that point, if you can lock him up, this is nothing different than the Blue Jays did in the past with Vernon Wells, for example, <laughs> Carlos Delgado, you know, the core guy. No, that 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 face your franchise. Coming, you know, take it or leave it at this point. If you don't sign Vlad to something and keep him for a really long time as a Blue Jays fan, or Blue Jays fans are gonna revolt a little bit. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, just just look at what's happening here. You know, I I am remiss to speak of the Vancouver Canucks anymore as they are completely <laughs> dead to me. But if you want to see how a franchise can destroy itself by not making one smart decision, you know, like Bo Horvat is having a career year. Everybody here seems to like him. Um, He's a good hockey player. And yet they turn around and sign JT Miller, the guy everybody hates. And then kick Bruce Boudreaux down the, the, the street for a week. Like it's brutal. So Jay's ownership, smarten up, get this guy locked up. And then we don't have to deal with it, and we can just watch him hit smash smash dingers for years and years and years. Yep. And then I can finally buy a Jays jersey and not have to worry about the guy getting traded. <laughs> there it is. There it is. You, you sound a little disgruntled about that. Let me guess. Was it a Brett Laurie jersey? Or <laughs> I got that the fake. Mine. I got the fake tattoo sleeves with it too. I still think the Blue Jays are missing out on nostalgia, like not having like a bobblehead for sale in the Jays shop. That's like just him, like you said, fisting a uh, you know Red Bull and <laughs> getting ready to and going like this or something like Popeye. But whatever, what do I know? So, but speaking of the Rogers Center and all the fun, unless there's something you guys want to add on the extensions. No, no. Let's talk about Good, the great grand. Let's wonderful. talk about the outfield. Let's talk about, Let's the, outfield. Talk about the outfield. We're talking about the outfield. The Blue Jays released the outfield dimensions the other day on Twitter, and it was really just Scott Mitchell. I don't know if he got a measuring tape out or what he did, but anyways, it came out, and this is some exciting stuff for a team that is and always has been built on offense. So I'm not exactly going to scoff at the fact that things are. <laughs> gonna help hedge that bet in the right direction um i know it made the people at the park metrics whatnot on espn kind of shit a little bit because they're like oh my god that's so different <laughs> but i'm gonna post this up boys and there's your new outfield wall dimensions it's a little different out here oh. in the power alleys but it's kept the same here but remember though this is also with shorter walls you guys want it broken down a little bit because the walls are a little bit shorter, so it makes the dimensions a little bit better. So here's what the ex- the new dimensions are expected to work out to finally. Uh, the right center field alley will be moving from 375 to 357. That's huge. Oh, left yeah, that's center- this area right in here. Yeah, that, left that center line. moves from 375 to 366. Center field goes from 400 to 397. That's I mean that's nothing. Um, and then the lines are expected to say the same at 328 to both posts. So, yeah. I mean, for a guy like for a guy like like Springer, that gives him a little bit more wiggle room because he hit a number of bombs this year that that were you know just into the first ring of the of the deck there. So, I mean, you know, that gives him a little more leeway of maybe those are those are four or five you know four or five rows into the thing. But it also gives uh, Craig's buddy Kevin Kiermeyer more opportunity to climb the wall and and 
get him that. I want you wearing that Kiermaier jersey more than I've wanted a lot of them. <laughs> Ain't happening, man. I, just to be that person, I don't care what the bet is and how good it is looking for me. That that's the counter I have to pull in the background. It ain't happening. <laughs> I ain't losing that bet. So, but the, uh, to your point, the biggest thing on this whole thing is the fact that it's an eight foot wall. The Blue yeah. Jays used to, I believe, those were actually legitimately ten foot walls before. So that's a you know, not a small gap. That's you know, it's three meters, right? So Kevin Pilar sure made those walls look eight feet. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> so, but to that point. There's only been so many people in Blue Jay history that can do that, and you pretty much encounter them on one hand. The best yeah. one that comes into my mind is Devon White. Even, oh, yeah. Wearing the, the white panel hat this evening. Yeah. And you're wearing yeah. your classic. <laughs> and the t- tightest pants you ever saw. You could see you could see Devo's, Devo's pulse from home bait. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, too, because now that he's coaching, you don't, he doesn't wear them like that no more. Because <laughs> he's actually, um, well, we saw him up in Toronto during the, uh, with a few coaches being out and whatnot and the ch- transition and stuff like that. He actually went from Buffalo up to the major leagues again for a little bit there in the, this past season to be the hitting coach, no, first base coach for a bit. So, but to that point, the the fact that Debo is one of those guys that shows up for spring training every year because he's on the coaching staff of the Toronto Blue Jays, pretty cool stuff. So, now guys, looking at this chart, it's a symmetrical field still. Is there anybody you think that benefits from those power alleys being the way they are? I think all of the offense does. Uh, you, <laughs> no. you get you get the right uh, the right center field gap that stands out. You assume every left handed hitter. Um, is going to have a benefit, and yeah, sure. Um, I think people kind of glance over the fact that a lot of the Blue Jays' right-handed hitters, particularly the really good ones, go to all fields. I mean, I could count uh, numerous times during last season when, whether it was Vlad or Bo, would get into one of the opposite field. Um, they're playing at Yankee Stadium, right, and you could swing one hand and hit a, hit a home run in the right field. But uh, a lot of times last year, um, you know, they would have no problem driving the ball the other way. So I think it's going to benefit the entire offense as a whole. And if I might add something on the pitching side, Craig. Go ahead. Um, so the way I see it, and this is not backed up by data. I didn't really have time to get into this. But the way that a lot of the Blue Jays starting pitchers work, um, they keep the ball on the ground a lot. Like you've got sinker ballers in Manoa, Bassett, Barrios to some extent. And... Uh, um, I guess that would be it. But anyway, you, you get pitchers that um, take a priority to keeping the ball on the ground, and that works great when you have good defensive players in Chapman, Espinal, Vlad, Merrifield, um, yeah. sometimes Bo. So I think, you know, teams have um, discretion to change their fields how they see fit. You got that abomination um, in Baltimore now where – it doesn't even make any sense, right? Yeah. I mean, you mean the thing that could have physically helped them win last year? If they yeah, move no, I know. I mean, <laughs> Ryan Mountcastle's career just for the sake of getting another pitcher. They did that with the purpose of wanting to bring in more free agent starters, something they were struggling to do as a franchise. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that was made to help the franchise as a whole. These changes to the dimension of the outfield, I think this helps the entire Blue Jays team. It doesn't hinder the pitchers significantly enough that I think it's going to be I mean, people are going to complain regardless. That's just what people do. But I don't think it's going to be as significant as people think. And it still helps out the entire offense because of just the skill of the right-handed hitters and the new abundance of left-handed hitters. Yeah, for sure. For sure. God, Jason. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, as soon as you introduce some more lefties into there, like it's it's one of those things that the majors need more of is power lefties. And you know, you, 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 you love to see them go out that way. And have something about a ball going out that direction because you don't see it as much. But again, if you go and look at um, any of the spray charts for the Jays, like look at Kirk's spray chart. It's a mess. It, it's all <laughs> over the place. Mess. Mess. Yeah. They, they all are. So if you were to shorten one part of the field, I don't know, like maybe Danny Jansen is the only one that is a really like a significant True. hole hitter. Like yeah. everything he hits is to the same field hard but you look at all the rest of them and you know like 
Vladdy gets a piece and puts one out to right. You know, Springer yeah. is all over the map. Like, and same with Kirk. Pose a complete flip where he does nothing but opposite. Right, right. Well, <laughs> like a paintbrush flicking paint. That's what it, he's what a, it looks that's like. Kirk. Late, he's a late swinger. He's a high kick, late swing is always going to be center or just oppo, right? And mm-hmm. the, the, the later he steps on that high kick, uh, Justin Turner, same way. It's the ball. Everything is is center and just to the other side of it. Same same kick. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the uh, and you know the other advantage is who doesn't like home runs? Come on, like let let let's let the big dog eats a couple of times and see if we our pitchers can out pitch these guys who you know who come in and they're like, oh, they're short in the fences. Well, fine, see if you can hit it, yeah. Jack Weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and especially when we're throwing good, solid four starters at you at this point, too. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But uh, guys, I don't know if you um, I want to explain the average part there. It's just below the uh, picture there. Yeah, that is actually based on the major league average for, quote unquote, generic ballpark. Right. So and that's how it's weighted to the Toronto Blue Jays ballpark. So this is for the left field fences. It says on average, there's 18 to 16% more home runs to the Blue Jays left field and right center. And, you know, going toward right, it is completely the opposite, which does make sense because there's not as many Blue Jays lefties. So on average, I would say lefties hitting home runs just didn't happen. Yeah, you know, so we'll see now. It's pretty interesting though that when you look at that, yeah, right down the line in right field and left field, pretty crazy stuff. And then going up the middle into this power alley stuff, it's more or less major league average, is what I would interpret that information for. But I just wanted to give you guys that benefit of the doubt. Um, Ken, the one thing I want to bring up to you, and uh, this is because one of your favorite hitters of all time, Kelly Gruber, was a doubles machine, and he played in this ballpark, and you all of a sudden made that power alley, those 375 spots, just that little bit more further for that ball that goes into those power alleys to roll in a brand new Major League Baseball season that's not going to have any shifts. That's going to be a legit gap for doubles again. So do you think that this is going to be one of those things that plays not just to home runs, but to extra bases and doubles too? Absolutely. I mean, like you said, I think it's a hitter's dream right now that we can hit him really far. But I think, yeah, like the most important thing is getting those base on balls, sorry, not base on balls, getting those extra hits on there, right? So not just, not maybe stretching out a few singles to a double, maybe to a double to a triple. So I think it's going to be very exciting for the Jays having this stadium like this. And I can't wait to see more, you know, more than just singles, which is going to be nice or home runs. Because especially for those times where we have runners in scoring position, we're going to need that, you know, putting that ball in play. If we can't just hit it out, then at least we can get some extra bases on it. Yeah. And to your point, you made a good point in the midst of that. It was that that little bit of extra ball run to the fence could be the difference between an extra base too. Like yeah. that single is now a double that sing that double could be the most exciting play in baseball, which is a triple. <laughs> yeah. It's just those I mean, kind of things. Guys that benefit. There's, there's at least five guys straight off that benefit. I mean, Whit Merrifield is first. He benefits the most. He's got, he hits into those alleys all the time. He's fast. He's got the ability to turn two into three or one into, you know, a long one into two. Yeah. Vladdy. I mean, he's faster if he's slimmer. So, you know, is he going to get more doubles? Great. Awesome. Springer, same thing. I mean, he hits the ball into those gaps a lot. You know, same with Kirk. Ball into the gap. Watch that little rotund ball of, of fuzz run run around those bases. Maple uh, beef. Yeah. Maple I mean, beef. <laughs> you know, and, and again, back to Kiermeyer. I mean, Kiermeyer is, you know, is maybe not as fleet of foot as he was, but he's still fast. And, I mean, he puts balls into those gaps, or if he picks the corners down the, the left and right side, if you've got a deeper area to run, I mean, he'll be, that's his dream. That's where he can really show off as being an athletic part of the team. Yeah. Good deal. So anybody got anything else on that? Or we can move along. I got a couple of surprise topics I wanted to actually purposely hit you with here at the end. (laughs) So surprise. Go ahead, Evan. In terms of renovations, um, I think as a fan, the the new destinations within Rogers Center, that's exciting. I know it's not dimensions, but, um, the the restaurants and the bars are put in there. It's pretty cool. Rogers Center was without its destinations for a very long time, which kind of made it feel like not a ballpark, more of a multi-purpose event center. But as a fan who um, is fortunate enough to go there a couple times a year, um, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. 
I am going to get my passport back on Friday. I will be there this summer. So <laughs> anybody wants to there. join, I will be there this summer too. Awesome. Yeah, I guess Jason and I are going to have to link up on dates so we can travel on the same date and we can all go, yay, Jay's turn old fan side night. <laughs> so. Not that far for me to show up as well. So, I mean, that's great. And that's why I just assumed you'd be there anyway, Ken. That's why I, <laughs> I think so. I, I want my kids to see their first Jays game now that we're, you know, watching baseball more. So absolutely. Bingo. So on the, and to your point, I mean, we actually had a lengthy discussion last week on last week's show on the actual renovations. It's, they didn't oh, have this, this uh, information quite on hand at the moment when we were having that show because it came out in between episodes. So one thing I wanted to spring on you, we talked Hall of Fame earlier with Roland and McGriff getting into the hall this coming summer, which I'm actually might be making a pilgrimage for because that's pretty damn cool stuff. And you don't see two former Blue Jays get into the hall of fame that often. So what Blue Jays in your heads should be hall of famers, Evan, I'm going to let you go pick one first one that didn't make it that you think in your eyes should be, a, ba- a baseball hall of famer. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, this, this should be the easiest one. I think it's the biggest crime. Uh, Carlos Delgado. He has no one business not, not be, it doesn't make any sense yep. to me. Um, it's a shame that you have to hope that he gets the McGriff treatment later on. Um, hopefully he's brought back. Hopefully he's put on there, but he's kind of without the, uh, the team accolades, right? I don't think he has a world series. Um, I don't know how much he barely has. Any he has playoffs. 93. 93 yep. he has that ring he has uh, a ring <laughs> yes but um i think the individual accolades the single game performances um how he is as a, as a human being like you were saying at the beginning of the show um he has all those boxes checked off and how he's on the hall of fame is is yeah. horrifying to me. His, if you look on paper he is fred mcgriff yeah absolutely <laughs> so just saying yeah, yeah. so, so that's no, my- that that is I, uh, write, wrote, I wrote an article many years ago when I was still writing with Jay's journal, which apparently after last week, I'm all of a sudden doing again. I just haven't done a new article yet. Yeah. <laughs> so there is that. So he was my number two, McGriff being my number one. Okay. So I, I won one finally after five years since I wrote that article. <laughs> so Ken, in your heart, and I can't say Kelly Gruber's a Hall of Famer. I, <laughs> I would have said Kelly Gruber as well, but uh, no, I, I like Evan's choice, Delgado. I think he did, he performed really, really well, and I don't know how can you not because he was kind of like a bit of the face for the Jays for during that period of time. Yeah, you go away from the if you think of the Angry Bird like logo that we had for all those years. There's two people that come to the mind, and only one of them's in the Hall of Fame, and the other one not being is a little funny. Roy Holiday being the other Delgado. Yeah being the one that is rightfully so maybe Jason, sean green how did sean green do he, i know he did he had a few good seasons with the jays right? sean green ended up having a very fruitful major league baseball career and honestly oh, yeah. he could fall into the harold baines category because i think he was just as good if not better than harold baines because guess what he could do play defense harold baines barely played defense <laughs> so good call jason well, mine is um, mine is is akin to uh, like Paul Henderson being in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Paul Henderson didn't have the most prolific hockey career. He, he certainly scored one very, very, very important goal against the Russians. And, you know, that's what he's known for. So my miss for the Hall of Fame has got to be Joe Carter. I mean, you know, I don't know anybody who is more influential to a franchise for a, a, a long amount of time than Joe. I mean, he hit a home run that is still all you have to do is hear the first part of that call. And anyone who's a Jays fan knows it like that. So there's a lot of baseball fans period that know that. Yeah. Guy. And, and Joe, something. Had, Joe had a good career. I mean, you know, it's um, you know, a, a few other names came to mind, like Dave, Steve, and a few other guys who, you know, Ooh, were, Dave, were Steve, very... let me have my guy. Please oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going with Joe Carter and that's it. Joe Carter. <laughs> Joe Carter. <laughs> But to your point, Joe Carter, not only does all the Blue Jays fans and most major league enthusiasts from that time know that call, that is still one of two home runs like that in all of Major League Baseball history. That is one of two walk-off World Series winning home runs in baseball history. The other one it has a name to it, literally. It's called the shot heard around the world, the world which was the uh, Bill Mazeroski hitting a home run to beat the New York Yankees. In the World Series. Just saying. Crazy. <laughs> so, Crazy. So there's another good reason. And by the way, that bat and ball are actually in Cooperstown in the Hall of Fame for the 
both those and they're in the same display case with joe doing the fist jumping and everything and mazeroski doing it. it's a really cool display <laughs> so more more holiday destinations for baseball fans if you haven't had a chance to go to the baseball hall of fame you can hang out with me i'll go it's only about two hours from me there you go. <laughs> i'm spoiled so anyways my pick john olerud oh yeah uh, one of the best major league baseball hitters that nobody knows <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Um, nineteen ninety three, yeah, nineteen ninety three, he beats two Hall of Famers for the batting title that year in Roberto Alomar and Paul Molitor. <laughs> Not only did he beat them, he destroyed them. <laughs> the Blue Jays were the top three batting batting average players in Major League Baseball that year with those three guys. John Olerud batted a mere three sixty one <clears throat> and flirted with four hundred for. <laughs> Four months of the baseball season. <laughs> that was like a legitimate storyline back then, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Just, yeah. That was like actually within reach until like August or something. Yes, it was in full That's on crazy. reach. And actually, if you're looking for something really cool to watch on YouTube, there is a video from somebody that did a really good job on their homework and actually had the graph of the, you know, going like this with the batting averages for <laughs> Ted Williams the year he did it. Yeah. and John Olerud. And in the midst of my article that I was talking about a minute ago, there is actually a very famous quote from Ted Williams. And the quote was, not that year, he was at talking about Major League Baseball players in 91, 92, somewhere in that ballpark. And they asked him if anybody else in Major League Baseball currently might be able to hit 400. He actually said John Olerud if he was a little bit faster. Mm because he had the bat-to-ball skills that yeah. Ted Williams had. It's pretty insane, I mean, just from a statistical perspective, that someone can have an OPS above 1,000 and not hit 30 home runs. It's kind of how that... often he was on base and how consistently yep. he was. And he, he, led, he also led the league in doubles that year, too. He did that. A, he came close to doing that a few years. Yeah. Because he also had a very extensive career with the Mariners in the year they actually broke the single-season wins record. Yeah. <laughs> without ken griffey jr by the way yeah definitely. he was one of the guys that came in to replace and then they got ichiro and so on and so forth in 2001 there so yeah that was a mere signing for the uh seattle mayors bringing in ichiro suzuki who won the rookie of the year and the mvp award in the same year yeah, <laughs> just saying he was okay that's ichiro was okay at baseball he was okay. <laughs> just okay <laughs> so and then the last tidbit is i actually found out who the other two random names were for uh scott Rowland. and Maybe. you're not even to probably remember these guys when we traded scott Rowland to oh. the reds oh. to get rid of him we got josh rinicky whose dad was a famous baseball player, but he wasn't. And then uh, Blue Jays fans might remember Zach Stewart. Mm. Angry bird guy that couldn't get out of the bullpen. And <laughs> yeah. And Edwin Encarnacion was the quote unquote wild card guy thrown in yeah. that trade. Not, not the centerpiece. Those other two guys were played third back Just, then. Correct. Yeah. And then famously not too long after that, the Blue Jays actually waved Edwin Encarnacion. He was a free agent, and I believe the Kansas City Royals were about to claim him or claimed him. And then uh, I think that was on Oakland at one point. I think he something ended like that. Coming athletic, and then by the grace of God, went back to the Jays and, and actually went off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't so. the Twins? Didn't the Twins wave Big Poppy at some point? Yeah, he started with them, and then yeah. they didn't like him, and then. I mean, yeah, he was. I believe the exact quote is he's yeah. never going to hit in this league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember reading that somewhere at some point. And, and, you know, Big Poppy being the, you know, character that he is. He was almost real subtle about that. <laughs> kind of like my favorite freaking uh, random gif with vo audio is going, duh, Yankees lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, on that note, Anybody have any other topics I'd like to add in really quick here? Because we are at the hour mark. Good. Evan, shameless self-promoting time. Tell all the Blue Jays fans where they can find your uh, stuff and how they can find you on social media. Yeah. And yeah. anything else you want to plug? Uh, <laughs> when you head over to jaysjournal.com, my name's Evan Geniak. Got a lot of fun stuff up there. Um, I'm familiar with the first basements. I did a ranking of the top five first basements in Blue Jays history. I did the starting pitchers as well. Um, I just touch on 
stuff I find, uh, some brief news pieces, you know, if everyone would be up to date. And I try to be personal. Uh, I try to have my personality in my writing. So everyone's in fun time to go over to my Jay's journal. Um, and then I'm also, I don't know, I'm not a super fun follow on Twitter, trying to be more active on that this year. <laughs> or two, when, you know, year. Worst case scenario, you could at least be a super fun follow here when you join in. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I love coming on. Uh, my Twitter is JiggyBats10, inspired by JoeyBats19. So you can find that, find that on Twitter <laughs> as well. Go. And uh, thanks, guys. I had a great time. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, we'll definitely be having that again shortly. But you've got to hold on here to while we finish the show with the two claps and a Ric Flair. But <laughs> so Blue Jays fans, make sure you follow us on social media. We are at BirdWatchingGC anywhere you can find us, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all those fun, good holiday destinations for your, I'd say, internet mayhem. Um, make sure you follow us here every week on YouTube or whatnot so you can actually get alerted to our shows. Hit those subscribe buttons. Be alerted to when we go live every Wednesday evening is what it sounds like for the new uh, you know, future here because Ken gets to have fun goofing around. What was the sport that your children were playing now, Ken? They're wrestling. So they have That's wrestling it. classes on Tuesdays. So. Great sport. Good deal. Great, Great sport. sport. Randy Savage, elbow drop, done. The yep. <laughs> macho man. <laughs> so, can't teach good that. Stuff. Can't teach that. Can't teach that. <laughs> so, but Blue Jays fans, also make sure when you do not catch us for our live shows and all our wonderful recordings that you find us where we actually started this whole thing as a podcast. We are on everywhere you can humanly possibly think of Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all that good stuff. And we are the official podcast of jaysrill.com, part of Fan Sided. Blue Jays fans and the rest of here ready for two claps and a rick flair absolutely two three Woo! let's go blue jays see go you next jays week. go say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill